Bum, bum, bum. There's your happy song, Anthony. <laughs> Good morning. Good morning, everybody. How are you doing? Yeah, uh, I don't know what happened here. I hit the normal button that starts the uh, stream and the happy song, and I'm not hearing anything. So anyway, uh, hopefully you all, can you hear me? If I could get a thumbs up or some other indication that uh, you're hearing me the way that you are supposed to be hearing me. Uh, I don't know if we're having more issues or if it's just something I need to restart. Anyway, uh, I'm going to wait here for a second to see if anybody gives me a thumbs up. I can hear you some indication that I'm not just moving my mouth and uh, talking into uh, the air. Anybody? Good morning. Okay, so... Oh, I got thumbs up. Great. Uh I'm going to take that as a sign that you're hearing me okay. All right, so this morning I'm going to continue talking about uh, the church, and I want to respond to a, uh, a question I received from a gentleman named John Egger. John, E-G-E-R. If you happen to be on here this morning, let me know. Love to uh, love to know that you're joining us, or if you uh, watch this later on, let me know. So he asked a question about the term preaching. Uh, he heard me reference this, I think it was last week, and he refers to an article in the Gospel Coalition by Kevin DeYoung. You may remember we uh, used one of his articles to talk about uh, having a, a quote-unquote worship service on Christmas Day, that kind of thing. He's a pretty regular uh, comment or uh, blogger, writer for Gospel Coalition. And so he references a review of a book called uh, Preaching in the New Testament by Jonathan Griffiths. Anybody read that? Are you familiar with that book? And apparently this gentleman, Jonathan Griffiths, Griffiths, was making some similar statements or drawing some similar conclusions that I was about preaching. And uh, so John was working through some of this and had some questions. And specifically, he's asking... Uh, he says he's been digging around, doing a little research on the concept of uh, the word preaching. He sees in 2 Timothy 1.11, Paul refers to himself as being appointed as a preacher, an apostle, and a teacher. And this ties into uh, my statements last week about preaching sermons. And even before that, what does the New Testament say about preaching versus teaching and those kind of things? And I made the comment that preaching in the New Testament is more about proclamation and usually proclamation of the gospel, not what we think of as preaching a sermon. I'm sure many of you, maybe most of you or all of you, went to a service yesterday and someone stood up, a man uh, probably for 30, 40, 50 minutes and preached a sermon, a one-way conversation, lecture kind of thing. And my argument is that is not something we see in the scripture, and that's not what the word preaching means. We make a distinction in our day between preaching and teaching. And I think I said this before, if, if the same church leader invites a group of people in a Sunday school classroom on a Sunday morning and speaks to a smaller group of people. We call that teaching. He teaches Sunday school. But then an hour later, in the big auditorium, during the 
official worship service, after there's been a call to worship and so on, we call that preaching. And my argument is there's no biblical distinction there. We don't, we don't see that example or instruction to do that uh, in the New Testament. Um, so that's, uh, I want to interact with John's question here, and we're going to do it by walking through the, the New Testament and, and how it uses this word preaching. Uh, so the word itself is keruso. Uh, there's kerux, the uh, noun version. There's a couple versions, a couple uh, cognates that are used. That's not the right word. Anyway, uh, forms of the word in the New Testament, but basically they come from the same, uh, same root word. And so we're going to begin here in Matthew 3. It said, now in those days, John the Baptist came preaching in the wilderness of Judea. Well, what was John the Baptist doing? Was he doing, when he came to the wilderness of Judea, uh, when he preached to the, the Jewish leaders, the Pharisees, the Israelites who were coming out to him in the Jordan, was he proclaiming a sermon in, uh, in the way that we think of preaching? Or was he you know, announcing something, proclaiming truth, and calling to action? Uh, it, that's obviously what he, he was doing, right? Uh, Matthew 4, from that time, Jesus began to preach and say, repent, for the kingdom of heaven is at hand. So at least in this context, the preaching, the proclamation is calling the Jews to repent and believe in him because the kingdom was near. Uh, a little bit later, it says, Jesus was going throughout all Galilee, teaching in their synagogues. So there's the, the word didaskalos or didaskos, the, noun, uh, the verb version, uh, in their synagogues. So he's teaching in their synagogues and proclaiming, there's our word preaching, the gospel of the kingdom, healing, and so on. So here, Matthew makes a distinction between what he was doing in the synagogues, teaching in the synagogues, and proclaiming the kingdom, apparently outside the synagogues, uh, healing, because that's his healings were usually done out among the people, right? So for those who have argued that our New Testament church gatherings are just um, new covenant versions of what was happening in the synagogues. At least here, it seems that what went on in the synagogues, they called teaching. And the preaching, this is the same word that elsewhere is translated preaching, is going on out among the people. And it's the gospel that is being proclaimed. You tracking with me? Now, maybe I'm not persuading you, and that's, that's fine. You don't have to agree with me. Do you at least understand the point that I'm making here? Do you see the, see the distinction between teaching and preaching? Teaching is done here in the synagogue among the gathering, and proclaiming is done, uh, preaching is done among the people with a call to repentance and belief. Uh, good morning, Chris. Good morning, Curtis. Good to... Uh, Say hello. Hey, Mike, Michael. Uh, Peter says, I see teaching as a two-way dialogue, whereas preaching is one way only. That that certainly is closer, and, and maybe we can put too fine a point on that. I don't want to do that, but I, I think that might bear up under at least some scrutiny. Matthew 9, Jesus was going through all the cities and villages, teaching in their synagogues, 
and proclaiming, preaching the gospel of the kingdom. That's the same thing as in Matthew 4, right? Matthew 10, here's Jesus saying, as you go, preach or proclaim, saying the kingdom of heaven is at hand. That's a call to uh, believe and repent and so on. Uh, what I tell you in the darkness, speak in the light, and what you hear whispered in the in your ear, proclaim upon the housetops. Preach it. Proclaim it out. Uh, Matthew 11, when Jesus had finished giving instructions to his 12 disciples, he departed there to teach and preach in their cities. We don't get much information there, but there's a distinction being made between teaching and preaching. The men of Nineveh will stand up with this generation at judgment and will condemn it because they repented at the preaching of Jonah. There it's a gospel message of sorts that uh, that Jonah preached to Nineveh. Matthew 24, this gospel of the kingdom shall be preached in the whole world as a testimony to all the nations and then the end will come. So here again, preaching is connected with evangelism, preaching the gospel to the whole world, which let me just give you a little... Uh, a little heads up to another question that John asks, and that is, uh, well, he, he kind of makes an assumption that every Christian is called to preach the gospel. Is that true? We'll come back to that. Just let that, let that uh, roll around in there for a minute. But here, I, again, I think we see preaching tied to gospel proclamation and calling people to repentance and so on. Uh, Matthew 26, uh, truly I say to you, wherever this gospel is preached in the whole world, what this woman has done will also be spoken in memory of her. Uh, again, preaching the gospel. So then we get uh, Mark parallels, Mark and Luke, we get the same same kind of thing. So I'm not going to go through all of these, but I want to skip down to uh, beyond the gospels here in Acts uh, 8. Philip went down to the city of Samaria and began preaching or proclaiming Christ to them. That's evangelism, right? That's that's calling people to repentance and faith. Uh, Acts 9, immediately he began to proclaim Jesus in the synagogues, saying he is the true son of God. Now, this is taking place in a synagogue, but, uh, and it's, it's Paul here, but what is his purpose in this proclamation? It's not expositional preaching as we think of it. It's trying to persuade them to believe the gospel. He is the son of God. Jesus is the fulfillment. You see that? Acts 10, you yourselves know the thing which took place throughout all Judea, starting with Galilee, or starting from Galilee after the baptism of which John proclaimed or preached, getting back to what we saw in the gospels. Uh, Acts 10, he ordered us to preach to the people and solemnly to testify that this is the one who's been appointed by God as judge of the living and the dead. Again, this preaching is evangelism. It's calling people to believe the gospel and so on. Uh, Acts 15, for Moses from ancient generations has in every city those who preach him, since he is read in the synagogues every Sabbath. So that might be a little closer to uh, what we think of as preaching, maybe. Also, some of the Jewish Jewish exorcists, this is Acts 19, who went from place to place, attempted to name over those who had evil spirits. I adjure you by Jesus whom Paul preaches. That's evangelism. Uh, Acts 20, now behold, before uh, I know that all of you among whom I went about preaching the kingdom will no longer see my face. That's evangelism. This is how Acts 
ends, Acts 28, preaching the kingdom. This is what Paul did as Acts draws to a close, preaching the kingdom of God and teaching this the, concerning the Lord Jesus Christ with all openness. Again, preaching the kingdom, that's gospel. Uh, Romans 2, uh, you who preach that one should not steal, do you steal? Uh, maybe that's a little closer to our modern usage. Could fit the other way too. It is parallel here with teaching. Romans 10, we'll, we'll come back and look at Romans 10. You probably know this. Uh, this is the word of faith we are preaching. How will they call upon him who they have not believed? How will they believe in him who has not heard? How will they hear without a preacher? How will they preach unless they are sent? Uh, and then he said, quotes from Isaiah, how beautiful are the feet of those who bring good news. That's evangelism. That's preaching Christ. Um, I don't think this is preaching a sermon on Sunday morning. Um, Romans 16, now to him is able to establish you according to my gospel and the preaching of Jesus Christ. Tied to the gospel here. 1 Corinthians 1, since the wisdom of God, the world through its wisdom did not come to know God. God was well pleased through the foolishness of the message preached to save those who believe. That's evangelism. We preach Christ to the Jews of stumbling block. That's evangelism. Uh, my message, my preaching were not. See the past tense? My message and my preaching were not in persuasive words of power, a wisdom, but in demonstration of the spirit and power. When I came to you and preached Christ, evangelized, uh, my preaching was in, the, in power. First uh, Corinthians 9, I discipline my body and make it my slave so that after I've preached to others, evangelism, I myself will not be disqualified. Um, there is one, so I'll, you can see the point, and I won't belabor this too much longer. Um, there was one in here, let me see, uh, that I thought maybe gets closer, and I'm going to be fair with this. Uh, we don't preach ourselves. If one comes, preaches a different Jesus, uh, Galatians, it was because of a revelation that I went up and I submitted to them the gospel which I preach. Uh, if I still preach circumcision, I'm preaching Christ. And, uh, where was it? Gospel. You see all these connections with preaching and gospel? For those of you at least who are on video, if you're listening in in your car later, you'll have to... Um, we'll come back to the Second Timothy... First Timothy. Oh, so here's the one maybe. Second Timothy four. Preach the word. Be ready in season and out of season. Reprove, rebuke, exhort with great patience and instruction. This is Paul telling Timothy. So this one, I could see someone arguing that this preaching of the word is more like what we think of. Maybe. Maybe it is. In context there, I think it could spill over either way. All right. But have I at least made the point that the most frequent use of the word preach, proclaim, this uh, Caruso uh, family of words is evangelism, calling people to believe. Do you see that? And that with maybe one or two exceptions, it's not a standard term to describe standing up in front of a group of people on Sunday morning and lecturing for 40 minutes. You tracking with me? Um, the proclamation, the preaching, it's preaching Jesus, preaching gospel, that kind of thing. The other word that is used again and again 
for the gathering of the church is teaching. So my contention has been uh, when the church is gathered, the teachers, the elders, the leaders are intended to instruct, to teach, as we see in the Great Commission, teaching them to obey all that I commanded you. Uh, not teaching them systematic theology or tradition or whatever, teach them to obey what Jesus commanded. And teaching can, be, can take a variety of forms. It, it can certainly take the form of a lecture. But, and, and some of the comments that people have made, uh, I'm starting to get some pushback, which that's good. That shows uh, I'm, I'm pushing on people a little bit. And uh, I want to do that. I want you to respond and, and show me if I'm mistaken. I will tell you one comment said I got off the range or left the range a little bit on this or whatever. Like that is not a helpful comment. Um, if you want to help, if you if you disagree, then please state your disagreement. Um, let's dialogue. But a comment like that, Doug's got off the range with that one. That that just makes you sound petty. Let let's have something that's helpful. Here here's where I think you're mistaken. Great, I want to hear that. Let's let's wrestle with this. Uh, together. Um, so I'm getting some pushback and, and that's that's great. I wonder how much of the pushback is coming from preachers, <laughs> pastors. Um, I could see uh, them getting defensive. I could see myself getting defensive about this. If I were hearing somebody say this a couple years ago, uh, I'm just trying to, you know, show you what the scripture says and let's, let's wrestle with it together. Um, uh, anyway, I forgot now where I was going with that. Um, so Second Timothy or First Timothy one is oh no Second Timothy one here's uh, here's what led John to submit his question. So let me uh, pull this up for you as well. Therefore, uh, he says Paul says to Timothy, do not be ashamed of the testimony of our Lord or of me his prisoner, but join with me in suffering for the gospel according to the power of God. So uh, he's at least tying some of this instruction to uh, the gospel, Paul is imprisoned because of his preaching, not because of his sermons on Sunday mornings, but because of his preaching the gospel, right? Uh, God who saved us, who called us with a holy calling, not according to our works, but according to his own purpose and grace, which he's granted in Christ Jesus, uh, granted us in Christ Jesus from all eternity, but now have been revealed by the appearing of our Savior, Christ Jesus, who abolished death and brought life and immortality to light through the gospel. Again, uh, the good news is the idea. The gospel, the good news for which, Paul says, I was appointed a preacher and an apostle and a teacher. So the question is, are these three distinct offices? And I think so. Maybe office is, uh, you know, we, we can get caught up in, in definitions of those words, but I think these are three distinct um, responsibilities. Maybe office works. An apostle, that I would suggest is he was sent. That's what an apostle means, someone who is sent with the authority of the sender. So Jesus specifically, dramatically, right in Acts 9, sent, G, sent Paul to, uh, to take his message. 
Uh, he's a teacher for sure as he writes his letters to the churches uh, as he goes back through and, and teaches, uh, edifies, builds up, educates, uh, instructs the, uh, the churches that he built. But what does he mean by preacher? Uh, seems like in the light of the context here and the use of the word throughout, preacher here would be a almost a synonym for evangelist. Do you see that? Do you see an error in my in my logic here? Uh, does the context here and the use of the word suggest that what Paul means is I was appointed to be a Sunday morning sermonizer? I don't see it. Again, I'm I'm open to being mistaken. Uh, and I'm not just. Uh, this is not to attack those of you who preached yesterday, who are sermonized yesterday. That's not the point. Um, this whole thing, I'm trying to get us back to the scripture and call us to be what the church is supposed to be. And if you were with us at the beginning, I'm trying to show the, 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 the challenges in the traditional model that basically makes church the event that we go to on Sunday mornings at the place we call the church. And sermonizing can lead to that, that model, that, that mindset. And there are, there are challenges to that, that model that I think work against what the scripture says the church is. We, we talked about this. Uh, when you assemble, stimulate one another to love and good deeds. That doesn't happen in the assembly in the traditional model. We all face forward and those up front do the work and we're consumers. We're not stimulating one another uh, in that sense. So anyway, uh, someone made a comment that the book of Hebrews is a sermon but do you see how that's begging the question? If that's true, then you ought to be able to take me to uh, somewhere in the New Testament that explains what a sermon is and then show how the, the book of Hebrews fulfills the criteria for what a sermon is. There's no word sermon in the Bible, is there? So how can Hebrews be a sermon if there's no, if it's not even a New Testament concept? Uh, it's a word of exhortation. He's certainly calling people to, to not go back to the old covenant ways and to hold fast to Jesus. Um, I just, it's begging the question to say the book of Hebrews is a sermon uh, in that sense. All right. Let me see what uh, Dale says, and then we will wrap it up for the day. Dale says, it seems like preacher, apostle, and teacher have some overlap. Example, don't the apostles evangelize? But he's certainly drawing some distinction. Uh, so, well, yeah, so Paul did all three, and there's some some overlap for sure. Um, yeah, I think that's a fair, fair statement. Uh, Anthony says, 
uh, agree with Dale. I think apostle is a culmination of all offices, prophet, given revelation, revelation, preacher, proclaim and evangelize, teacher, what they do in assembly. Um, yeah, I would say that's fair. The apostleship in the way Paul's using it, I think was limited to the 12 plus Paul. Uh, preacher, proclaimer, Sure seems to me like it is is parallel, if not synonymous, most of the time with evangelist. And then teacher is instructing. Can there be proclamation and teaching? Of course. And can there be instruction and proclamation? Of course. So yeah, there's overlap for sure. So all this leads to the question, and maybe we'll come back tomorrow and, and talk about this if, if you want to. Um, in Romans 10, how will they preach unless they are sent is preaching the gospel is proclaiming the gospel evangelism is that uh is that required of every christian is that are we all sent to preach if you believe so then put in the comments show me uh the scriptures um we'll I asked this because I asked our own fellowship about this a few weeks ago and said, let's do some homework and talk about this. We could have, we sort of assume we are called, all called to preach the gospel and we feel guilty when we don't do it more often, right? Um, what, what really is the New Testament uh, instruction on that? Anyway, we'll talk more about that maybe. We'll see if there's interest. Uh, Mike says, what about exhortation? Uh, certainly exhortation is part of maybe all of it. Um, is it a distinct calling i don't know maybe we can keep talking about this if you have more questions comments put them in the uh, in the comments after the video thanks for your time have a great day and uh, we will pick it up there and talk tomorrow god bless